Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to, no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything, from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets, and of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days. Like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection, or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code staple two zero. Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Bifel's Disciple. He called this experience, I just graduated from medical school, and my new hospital has rules that seem designed to kill people instead of saving them. Heart 4, please allow me to tell you his tale. Being a doctor destroys the assumption that certain things are impossible. Most people carry around an unconscious belief that the human body is sacred in a way that protects it from an uncaring world. This is not true. Imagine the last object that broke unexpectedly. Did a dinner plate shatter into granules and shards when it slipped out of your soapy fingers? Perhaps you saw a watermelon roll off the grocery store display, splattering its fine, sticky goo across a 10-foot radius. A human body can do that. A person you love can be so damaged. Yet I hoped, perhaps foolishly but still passionately, that whatever unnatural force had breathed into the corners of St. Francis would show mercy to Dr. Brutzen as he flew to the ground. That was, of course, a stupid hope. The full moon illuminated each detail as he slammed against the cement with an ugly splat. His feet hit first, pathetically unable to reduce any momentum as his ankles bent and he undoubtedly shredded both Achilles' tendons. His knees followed, crashing into the ground and shattering both patellas. Dr. Bruton's body pitched forward and fell all at once, with his head bouncing back like a rubber ball. A light spray of solid objects hit my ankles, and I knew right away that his teeth had blown from his head like popcorn. For half a second, the night was still. Then the convulsions began. I closed my eyes and took a slow, rattling breath. Compartmentalize. I could hear his torn, hollow cheeks flapping with the power of his spasms. Compartmentalize, or someone else will pay for your failure. 
I opened my eyes. I dove to Dr. Brutzen's side, taking in everything I could at once. Facial lacerations with severe hemorrhaging. Nothing apparent on the back of his head, since the front absorbed the fall. Compound fracture of the spine. Likely internal bleeding. Likely fractures of both tibias. There was more, of course, but I had to check his breathing. Well, not really. I could hear his unholy gasps for air. And the spurts of blood told me that he had a pulse. But his artery, likely one of the subclavians, was ruptured. That's not a good sign. I scrambled around his twitching body and pressed firmly on his upper back, stemming the geyser of blood. What the hell happened out here? A voice screamed from across the sidewalk. I looked up to see Lydia being followed by one other nurse. They must have run outside after hearing the screaming and the splatting. I need a gurney and a neck brace, stat. Prep and OR, we're going straight into surgery. I felt detached as I got to work. For a few moments, my hands moved of their own accord, following their implicit duties, as the emotional part of my mind understood that it needed to drift away. It's your fault that no gurney is here, a little boy's voice whispered softly into my ear. We tell ourselves that there's nothing we could have done to take away someone else's hurt. That's usually a struggle to believe because it's usually not true. I didn't cry. I was too busy combating exsanguination while trying to avoid compromising the exposed spinal column of a convulsing man. You know that he is going to die. It won't happen right away. Will it be 10 minutes? Or 20? The timbre of his voice, nearly musical, could have passed for any young child's teasing if it weren't for the years of sorrow running deep beneath his words. Lydia appeared with a team of nurses and J.D., the first-year intern who had alerted us to Brutzen's rooftop stroll. I was still in charge. I was still trying to save him. He's stable. Let's move. I ordered once we had gotten him onto the gurney. We met Dr. Skrit, who was running toward us, as we rolled him into the hospital's front entrance. I met her eyes only once. It was enough to tell me just how badly I had failed by ignoring her instructions to take the gurney outside with me. I took the judgment and pushed it deep into my chest allowing utter clinical focus on the task at hand. I knew, in a distant sort of way, that this failure would cut my mind in its deepest places once I had decompressed enough to examine my hurt. I would recover from it, but would never be entirely whole again. Each mind is a tapestry of tattooed mental scars that are at once both public and invisible. The richest portraits tend to speak volumes in the silence between words and most of us are paralyzingly afraid of hearing ourselves if we listen too closely. Monitor the patient, attach an ECG and the defibrillator. His convulsions had stopped. So had the blood spurts. What's his BP? Lydia looked closely. 140 over 100, she responded grimly. Where else is he bleeding from? His internal lacerations are worse than we thought. I can see the spinal cord. Patient isn't breathing. Hit him and tubate it. His trachea is too damaged. B P is 170 over 130. 17 over 13. He's still losing blood somewhere. We can't stop the internal bleeding. Patient's still not breathing. The spine is exposed in three places. B P is 19 over 13. Doctor, Lydia explained softly. At those words, the heart monitor shot off an angry beeping noise. That's when his body convulsed once more as though every organ was sneezing simultaneously. Sudden capillary ruptures burst sprays of blood through his eyes, nose, 
ears and broken mouth like a blood zit had exploded from within. We need to. Doctor, a voice cut through the din. I looked up to see Dr. Scrit looking expectantly at me. Then at the clock on the wall. No, I didn't want to call time of death. As long as the work continued, I was able to avoid confronting emotions that I could domesticate but not tame. Dr. Scrit raised her eyebrows at me. I let out a soft breath of air. Time of death, 432A. M. I'd like to see you privately, Dr. Ophelius. Okay, I, I have to finish here. And now, I don't know if Dr. Scrit had any unnatural powers of her own, but she had an undoubtedly uncanny ability to inform me of what I would be doing before I had consented to it. Which is how I found myself trailing behind her on the journey to the office of the Chief of Medicine. I sat down across from her, promised myself that I wouldn't cry, then dried my eyes. She regarded me silently for a moment before speaking. Before you shed too many tears for yourself, Dr. Ophelius, remember that the impending grief for Dr. Brutzen's family will be far greater. The crying stopped. She let the silence linger for a moment longer. You didn't follow my instructions when I said that you needed to produce a gurney. I swallowed. I'm sorry. So, she snapped. What possible response do you want for that sentiment? To hear that it's all okay. I didn't respond. Well, I'm not going to tell you that. It isn't okay. I couldn't endure the suspense any longer. Am, am I fired? I should probably go before Dr. Bretson's family arrives. I could barely hear my own voice. She peered down at me over her thin spectacles. Most people find comfort in extremes, Dr. Ophelis. They want to be seen as good, of course, but the second best option is never partially good, partially bad. Those who are told they're not any good want the comfort of hearing that they were wrong from the start because that absolves any responsibility of facing our decisions. We seek comfort in impossible corners. She sighed, pursed her lips, then steadied her shaking hand by balling it into a fist. I won't fire you for failing to be perfect, she finally answered. My entire body relaxed the tension that I had been unconsciously holding. I wiped my eye once more. Um, Dr. Scrit, when he landed, Dr. Brutzen endured severe and immediate trauma. I'm not inclined to think that I could have saved him, even if I'd followed your instructions. Would, um, would you agree? She leaned forward in her chair. There's a good chance that you're right, and you would get immense comfort if I told you that I agreed. But objective fact exists regardless of my opinion. You will never, ever know for sure. The only way to find relief would have been to follow my instructions from the start. Some things can't be fixed. Remember that last part if you want to endure in the field of medicine. I felt like I'd been hit with a cannonball. Then she got up, walked around the table, and stood over me. I felt like I was two feet tall. Now, Dr. Ophelis, I have to ask you. Have you been struggling with the rules? Shit. Double shit. What was I supposed to say? That I'd been the weak one who never got her own set. That I'd pilfered them from a dead colleague. No, she knew that already. Informing her that I'd lost my stolen copy would certainly be strike three. I really, really didn't need a strike three at that moment. She reached into her pocket and pulled out a piece of paper. It was slightly stained, as though it had been plucked from a pool of blood. You didn't seem to notice that you dropped these while helping me get the dead boy into the incinerator. I like that kind of focus. A warmth spread across my chest as she handed the list back to me. Don't fuck up again, Dr. Ophelis. The warmth died. Keep a close eye on Rule 7. You'll need it soon. 
I looked down at the rules. God damn it. And for the love of God, memorize these. That is, by far, the easiest solution. I nodded obediently. These lists have a way of being problematic. She continued. Would you believe that people actually hate reading them? I stared at her in confusion. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. People hate the list of rules. Dr. Scrit raised her eyebrows. Yes, they say there are too many of them. Never to my face, of course, but always behind my back. What if they really don't like the list of rules? They can just choose not to read them. She snorted. That would make the most sense, but some readers want me to save them from themselves. I shook my head in confusion. I'll never understand that. That's when the door burst open. JD gasped like he'd been running. Doctor, Dorian, what the hell are you unable to fix on your own? Dr. Scrit snapped. He was sheet white. It's, it's Dr. Brutson. My stomach turned to granite. He's dead, Dr. Scrit responded flatly. Yes, very much so. He answered through desperate breaths of air. We discovered that his spinal cord had been severed at the neck. But that hasn't stopped his body from getting out of bed. And he's really, really angry. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels and a blessed day. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.